Our scripture reading this morning is from the Psalm, or I should say Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, and uh, the first nine verses. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 to 9, and you'll find that on page 1166 in your pew Bible. So Philippians chapter 4, and beginning at verse number 1. Paul says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Iodia, I entreat Synecdoche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement, the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. We end our reading there, and we know the Lord will bless the reading of God's most precious, holy, and foul word even to our hearts. Brothers and sisters, our text this morning is verses 4 to 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now I ask you this. Is it possible for Christians to live in the wrong kind of fear and anxiety? Unfortunately, many professed Christians, believers, do experience prolonged periods of anxiety, stress, difficulties, challenges, to the point where it can be very difficult to sleep. Have there been times when you were so preoccupied with an issue, a problem, a difficulty, that you found it difficult to think about anything else? Have there been issues in your life that seem to dominate every waking thought? So you know what it is to have that worry, that concern, or to feel burdened, or even maybe overburdened at times. You can even ask yourself, Lord, why do I feel this way 
when your word tells me I actually should be feeling or thinking the opposite. I should have assurance. I should have confidence. I'm one who's in Christ today. The blessings of God. The Lord is faithful and good and will provide in every time of my need. Know this. If you are living in any kind of fear, anxiety, when you are no longer looking to the Lord your God as your help and strength, you are not living the way the Lord has intended you to live. Because we're to be a people of faith and trust in our covenant God, who certainly is with us every moment of every day. Our text this morning will help, especially if you're struggling with the wrong type of fear, anxiety, you look at your issues and it seems as if it's a hill too hard to climb. Remember, we're to look unto the Lord our God. To look unto the hills. From where does our help come? Where does your help come? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And as one who is in Christ, you do not need to fear anything that is past, present, or future. If you For you have experienced the love of God in Jesus Christ. And remember, this love is being perfected in you every day. And so the title of my message this morning is dealing with your difficulties. Dealing with your difficulties. And we could come to no better text than the one that we're focusing on here. And the three points I set before you are just very simply. First, we're to rejoice in the Lord. That's what he tells us. To rejoice in the Lord. Second, do not be anxious. And then third, pray and know God's peace. And so if you are going to deal with your difficulties, if you're going to deal with your difficulties, first, we must focus on rejoicing in the Lord. What does our text tell us? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Why is that? The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Verse 4 is an ongoing commandment. That's what he tells us. And it's repeated twice for emphasis. To rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. And so Paul shows that this text is very important. It's essential to you. Something that we need to focus on. Ultimately, it's rejoicing in him. As a commandment. We must deliberately then choose to obey even during difficult circumstances. He gives us a command that we need to focus on possess in order to have this lasting joy. But honestly, as I think about this, as time goes on, there seems to be coming more and more difficulties in this world. And it becomes very challenging to be happy, rejoiceful, thankful, praiseworthy. I mean, because of technology, social media, information, our news apps that we have, is there anything that uh, we don't know about, it seems, in the world? And it seems that there's more to lament and to be grieved about than to be happy about. And so how can we be filled with such a commandment to always rejoice or to be happy, especially those times when actually we don't feel very joyful? 
But what does Paul command us to actually specifically rejoice in? Not our circumstances, not in our challenging difficulties and so on, not in the things of this world and of this life. What is he telling you to rejoice in? The Lord. The Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And we can certainly rejoice in him, can we not? No matter your circumstances, no matter what you're going through, no matter when things are going well and great and you're living on that spiritual mountaintop and rejoicing in the good things that God is doing in your life, or it seems to be and you're in that slough of despond and things are hard and difficult and you're wondering how you're going to make it through another day, no matter what, if our focus is on the Lord our God, the one who's redeemed us and saved us by his grace through his power, an infinite God... And do all things, nothing too hard for him to do. When we are focused on the Lord our God, remember, we can certainly rejoice in him. Because to rejoice in the Lord always is an attitude of contentment and hope that transcends our circumstances. Though our hearts may be heavy with sorrow or grief, beneath the surface is an abiding confidence that our God is sovereign And that our lives are in his hands, so that not even the hairs of our heads shall fall to the ground without his knowledge. Does he not know us so intimately? And so I ask you, do you have this confidence? Do you have this assurance? Do you have this contentment? Paul had learned to be content in every situation. In verses 12 to 13, for Paul, I mean, he experienced severe trials. But how was he able to deal with those trials? Verse 12, he says, I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And so he experienced all manner of circumstances life when things are going well or when things were not going well. But how was he able to overcome in all situations and all circumstances of his life? Verse 13. I can do all things through him, through Christ, strengthens me. Not just some things or most things, all things. I can live in all circumstances as the Lord leads and directs my life by an all-wise providence and care. I know the Lord will direct my life perfectly. And so I rest in him. And this is my joy. This is my joy. The joy of the Lord is not some superficial happiness where we put on the false front and shrug our shoulders and smile for the sake of others. It's not superficial, but rather a solid, abiding contentment and hope that is steady and certain, that's focused on Christ, to know his faithfulness, to know his help in every time of our need. And of course, this joy, it's in the Lord. And remember, you are one who is in Christ. So he is ultimately then your source of joy. It's not where you have to try to stir up yourself in some manner and say, well, things are really hard and struggling, but the Bible is commanding me to be joyful. So I somehow have to try to stir up some type of joy in my life. But remember, as one who is in Christ, remember you have the spirit of God that dwells within you that enables you to recognize God is good, God is kind, he is gracious, and underneath are the everlasting arms. 
And so to be in the Lord represents the fullness of the fact of the living organic union that exists between Christ and his church, his people, who come to him and rest in him by grace. To be in the Lord means that you have been saved from wrath to come by his grace alone through faith in Christ alone. And this is something that we know and we recognize. As Paul said in Ephesians 1, he said, In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. This is what you have. Remember that. Redemption through his blood. He suffered for you. He went to Calvary's cross for you. He died for you. You have forgiveness of your trespasses. Not for anything in you, but for the riches of his grace that he bestowed upon you and lavished upon you, given so freely. And knowing this ultimately should fill us with that joy and gratitude and love for Jesus Christ to remove any fear that we might have because you've been restored to God through Christ. My relationship with God is solid and firm because it's on solid ground. Christ, the foundation of my life and my heart. And so if you trust in Christ today as one who has given himself for your sins, you can enjoy the fact that no matter what happens in your life, you are eternally secure. Remember, Christ said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And so no matter what we experience in this life, no matter what you're going through in this life, remember, God has a place prepared for you in glory. And that I will be with him. And that's my confidence. That's my assurance that I have. That will enable me to carry me through all that I have to experience in this life. So indeed, I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ, the one who strengthens me. Are you able to rejoice in the Lord your God? And then he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. And so he says, we're to be a people of moderation, a people of forbearing, of gentleness, able to keep steady in the midst of the storm, not to fall apart when the going gets tough, not to lose faith, lose heart, to walk away from God because things aren't happening the way we thought they should, or I had certain plans for my life, I had certain expectations, and they didn't happen. And so, well, does that mean that the Lord has forsaken me? The Lord has given up on me, and so maybe I should now turn and give up on God? Perhaps the plan that he has for you is better than the plan you have. And perhaps sometimes we think that uh, our expectations are the best, but nevertheless, when we've made those choices and those decisions, sometimes we're filled more with regret why did I decide that? Why did I do that? I thought this would be good for me, but the reality is it was the worst choice and decision I ever made. I don't know, have you ever done that? I know I have. Not my will, your will be done, O oh God. Help me, Father. Give me wisdom and grace that I might be a person who is steady in the midst of the storm, looking to you by faith knowing that uh, you're the God who has a plan for my life, a purpose for me, and will fulfill that plan and purpose in your wise, sovereign care. 
The Lord is near. The Lord is at hand. And so may we not fall apart when the going gets tough because our faith is in one who is faithful and good and will be with us to help us in every time of need. So hence we can rejoice in the Lord our God. We belong to him. The Lord is at hand. May the Lord continue to grant us that grace we need. Second here, if we're going to deal with our difficulties, if you're going to deal with your difficulties, not only are we rejoicing the Lord our God, but he says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for something, or I should say for nothing. Now, we might think, okay, does he really mean nothing here? I, I am anxious for some things. Maybe I can be anxious for the big things. Maybe I can be even anxious for the unexpected things. It's easier said than done, isn't it? Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. Is that even possible as we live in the flesh? Not to worry or to be concerned about something in our lives or something that's coming up or something that's going on. Why are we anxious? Why do we become fearful or full of worry? And perhaps we do not make Christ Lord and live for him and his kingdom the way that we should. I mean, is he truly sovereign in our hearts and our lives? Are we looking to him in all of our circumstances and seeing a divine plan and purpose that's being worked out to see the big picture? Because if we just have a narrow view of ourselves and of our circumstances and things that are happening in our lives, then obviously our focus will mean everything, will it not? We're to examine our focus, whether am I truly living for Christ in his kingdom or am I living for myself in my own kingdom? Because if I'm living for myself, then yes, I will be anxious for my state of affairs. I will wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. What happens if I lose my job? What happens if I lose my, uh, my pension? Perhaps uh, my health there's going to be something coming around the bend. And I, am I going to be prepared for that? But where's our focus? Where's our focus? Are we able to see the big picture of God working in his church, using us as his people, his servants, to be witnesses for him? Do you actively depend upon the Lord your God? Are you actively depending? Are you actively focused on him no matter what you experience Peter told us in uh, his epistle chapter 5 verse 6 he says humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you and in an act of humility we recognize God is sovereign he says casting all your anxieties all your cares on him and why are we to do that I'm sure you could quote this verse to me. Because he cares for you. He cares for you. Pride is dependence on or confidence in yourself. Thinking that you have the means, the ability to make your life ultimately happy. To provide for yourself. To do the things for yourself without reference to God or anyone else. And 
Unfortunately, because of our sinful nature, we think in a very independent way. And so it's very challenging for us to actually humble ourselves and recognize I'm not the one who's in control. God is. I'm a dependent creature. God is the one who is going to direct my affairs. And I need to recognize that. So humility then is dependence on confidence in God. It seeks to give the Lord God credit and glory for everything that happens in my life. We're to submit to him, to continually surrender to him and to his will and purpose for us, desiring his hand in all things to guide and direct our lives. And when I do that, and I see the sovereign hand of God upon my life, and I'm willing to humble myself before this God, then what happens to my anxieties, my worries, my cares, my concerns, and all these things? Don't they just melt away? Because I can cast all these things upon him. He cares for me. He cares for you. In fact, the psalmist said the same thing, Psalm 55. He said, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And what kind of image does this make in your mind? When I thought about this, it uh, reminds me of when I was young. I used to chop wood and carry it into the shed to pile it. We heated our home with, uh, with wood. I, um, I don't know, maybe uh, some here still do that. Do you heat your home with wood? And so, you, you know, winter's coming. And you got to go out and you've got to get your cords of wood and make sure it's all cut and chopped properly. Make sure it's in the shed. And uh, when you're having to do this by hand, I had the joy of doing this by hand. You have to pick up each stick, pile it in your arms, then make sure that you bring it into the woodshed. But uh, you never just take the sticks off quite like you, you pick them up because I wanted to get the job done. So I went quickly. I wanted to have a big pile. And so then I wanted to get it off me as soon as I could once I got into the shed. You know, we can pick up our cares and concerns just like that. One stick at a time, don't we? And the problem is we don't like to just cast them off. We just keep bearing them. We think, okay, I can get through this. Somehow I'm going to make it. I'm going to have the strength. And, and, and we think, okay, the Lord is going to help me bear these things. Yes, but the reality is I'm still bearing them. I haven't fully cast them off. When we think about our wood, there's a place for the wood in the shed. Remember that. But also there's a place for our cares and concerns, isn't there? Where can you take them? Where can you go with them? Is it not to the Lord your God? The one who loves you? The one who tells you what to do with your cares and your burdens and your anxieties? Throw them down on him. Throw them down on him. Let him bear the full weight of them. Don't pick them up again. Don't think that I have to somehow go into there. You know, you don't go in the shed and organize your pile from this side to the next side to that, that side. And, and we, we take our care. Well, I've got to deal with, I'm going to deal with it here and I've got to fix it there and I've got to do with it there. No, we leave it with the Lord. Lord, bring them to you. And why do we do this? Because he is willing to bear them for you, is he not? Isn't that what he told us? 
He cares for you, wants to aid and help you. He wants you to trust in him and to actively rely upon him, especially when your anxieties and cares become too much for you to bear, like that burden. It's heavy. I got to take it off. How many times? I just wish someone would just take this from me. And there's the Lord willing to take them from you. Are you willing to give them to him and truly leave it with him and say, Lord, you know what's best? Help me. Remember the words of Jesus in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And what did he promise? I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we come to Christ, right, we come to him with our sins. We come to him with our burdens and our challenges and our difficulties. We lay it all before him. Remember, he's the one who comes to us with open arms and says, I want you to come to me. I'm not going to cast you out. I'm not going to turn you away. Come, all who labor are heavy laden, burdened, and I will give you rest. And that is why as we see our text here, to be anxious. For, how is it that I can be anxious for nothing? Because I have Christ. I have a God who's great and powerful, and there's nothing too hard or difficult for him to deal with. In fact, my issues are small, can, we think, of, we think of our issues as being great. And yes, there are times when our issues are great. But you think of God and who he is and his ability and power. Remember, he spoke in six literal days, created the heavens and the earth. He sustains all things. Christ upholds all things by the word of his power. And we think of our issues and our difficulties and we think, well, how is it that God's going to fix this? And then you look back over your life, and I, I, I am sure those who have been Christians for a while, you look back and you see exactly how God fixed this. He fixed all kinds of things in your life. He helped you here and there, and you have a testimony of God's faithfulness. Should that thought also continue to encourage you and help you as you look forward in your Christian life? Are you able to come to Christ today, casting your cares upon him? Because he cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. He says, be anxious for nothing. And then third, if you're going to deal with your difficulties, if you're going to deal with your difficulties, he says, pray and know God's peace. Experience God's peace. Do not be anxious about anything. But now, in everything then. So, anxious for nothing. Prayer, everything bringing it to the Lord and by prayer supplication thanksgiving he says let your request be made known to God Paul mentions four Greek terms here for prayer coming before the Lord which overlap are helpful to distinguish so he says prayer supplication thanksgiving and request prayer is a general term for uh, coming before God calling upon his name, seeking his face. Remember, this is before the Lord, to God. 
means face to face with God, coming directly before. Remember, it's Christ who gives us access. You can come boldly to the throne of grace to find that grace and help in time of your need. I come boldly through Christ who made that new and living way open before me. And so as I come before God, I'm fully accepted. God wants to hear what I have to say. Face to face to come directly before him means when we pray, we come into the very presence of our holy God because we're made holy and righteous in Jesus Christ. And he welcomes us as a father welcomes his children. Our great high priest has now interceded for us, enables us to come. We have supplications. This word gives prominence to the sense of need and also looks to specific requests. So the verb is derived from the Latin term supplicor, to kneel before him, to recognize his sovereignty. People often supplicate to God for help in prayer. Is an earnest petition made to the one whose authority. He's the master, I'm the servant. I come to him, I open my hand, and he's the one who fills it. And so there's a humility there. An earnest entreaty or petition shows our total dependence on him as we come before him, as uh, we seek him for all things. We come with thanksgiving, thanksgiving, recognizing with gratitude what he has done for us. Remember what God has done for us in the past. Remember, think back of his faithfulness to you and how he has supplied your need. He has protected you, watched over you. And we recognize that and we come with gratitude and thanks. Thank you, Lord. We submit to him in the present, knowing that no matter what I experience, even here and now, the Lord is going to be good and provide and help. I give him praise and thanksgiving for that. And so I trust him for his sufficiency then in the future. A thankful heart rests upon the all-sufficient God. He knows my need. He will supply it. In fact, he knows it before I even come to ask. But nevertheless, his desire is that we would depend upon him. And so do you have a grateful, thankful heart when he answers prayer, when he provides for you and he helps you, when you see his hand in your life? Requests. This word overlaps with supplications, emphasizing the specific definite nature, those petitions before the Lord. It's a word used where Jesus tells his disciples, he tells us to ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find Knock and it shall be opened to you, but ultimately comes with a heart of faith. Do I believe that God will actually answer? Because there are times, unfortunately, we come more with unbelief than belief. We look at our experience and say, well, the Lord isn't answering the way I expect him to. But does that mean that he doesn't hear an answer prayer? His answer may be different. His answer actually may be no. His answer is to direct you in a better way, a gracious way, a kind way. So come to your God. Come to your God. Come with prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, your request to be made known to him. And when we do this, then we're to deal with that anxiety and those challenges, those difficulties that we take, that, that, uh, that come upon us. And then what are we promised as a result of that? This incomparable peace. When we cast our burdens upon the Lord, we're praying to the Lord, we're leaving things with the Lord. He says, the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, what will it do? Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is the peace that Jesus promised, not as the world gives. A peace that can't be explained. How can you explain a peace when there's a raging storm around your life and you're just wondering how you're going to deal with this and this and this, but you just have a sense that all things are going to work together for good. I'm going to be okay. God is in control. He is sovereign. I experience his peace that surpasses all my understanding. It can't be explained, but praise God, it's real. And that every child of God knows it because it comes from him. No other source. There's nothing in this world that can give you peace like Christ. I mean, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our relationship with God is restored through Jesus Christ. So we have peace with him, peace with God, for Christ himself is our peace, as Paul told us in Ephesians 2.14. says, actually, Christ not only made peace, but he is our peace. And your, found, your peace is found in Christ. And the primary reason that people don't have peace... Because their relationship with God, their relationship with Christ is not, the, not in the place where it should be. Because if you're, you're feeling anxious, perhaps if you've allowed sin in your heart and your life, you're not living the way you should, you're not walking the way you should, the last thing you will experience is really peace. You're robbing yourself of peace, actually. That's what you're doing. You're trying to live in this world and think that this world is going to satisfy you and not the Lord your God. And so if you want true peace, you come to him. He's the source of it. We come to him with our sins. We come to him with all our hearts and say, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me. May I experience afresh the blood of Christ that washes and cleanses. And when I give myself to him, what is it that I possess? True and lasting peace. True and lasting peace. Do you experience that? Do you have that true and lasting peace in your heart? I mean, if you're lacking it today, come to Christ. Remember, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. He has promised you what? Rest, rest, rest for your souls. A rest that we need, a rest that is given. A rest that is promised, a rest that never leaves us, but that's the constant abiding presence of God in our hearts. In fact, he says he will guard our hearts, he will guard our minds in Jesus Christ. I mean, when you feel overwhelmed and burdened, remember there's one who is guarding you, guarding your heart, guarding your mind, your thinking. So that you have a Christ-centered worldview and that you see everything through the lens of the Lord and his word and his truth and of your savior. Guarded for salvation. You're in an intimate, permanent union with him. And so because you're in union with him, remember, God's promises aren't just quick fixes for your life or where prayer is some technique to bring you calm until you get through your crisis. Paul is talking about an ongoing, deepening, intimate relationship with the God of peace to protect you even from the turmoil of life so that you maintain a steady demeanor 
that you persevere in your faith, you stand firm for him because he is the one who's the foundation upon what you stand. And so in a time of trial, draw near to the Lord your God. Draw near to Christ. Focus on him. I mean, are you in a place where you're dealing with life's difficulties and you feel like you're sitting at the bottom of a hill with a little desire to think, how am I going to get to the top of this thing? This slope is too steep for me. As I said, if you're living in any kind of fear and anxiety, you're not living the way God intended you to live. You meditate on these verses. In fact, that's what I want you to do. If I could encourage you this week, Meditate on these verses and understand the blessing and the promise that God has given to you so that you live a life that is confident and assured, knowing that Christ is with you and that uh, you do not need to doubt his faithfulness and his goodness to you, that he's going to be your help and strength even today. And so as a believer in Jesus Christ, you do not need to fear anything that is past, present, or future, for you've experienced the love of God, of Christ in your heart and your life. It's being perfected in you. And so, as I said, when I was carrying that wood, it was time to put it down in the pile, right? Throw it down. If you've picked up those burdens, stick by stick, Today is the day. Cast it down. Cast it down. He will bear it for you. Cast them upon him. Remember, he's the one who cares for you. Rejoice in the Lord. Do not be anxious. By prayer, know God's peace even today in your heart and life. Because he is a faithful God. Amen. And amen. May the Lord bless his word to us this morning. Well, brothers and sisters, I see here we're to stand for the prayer of application. So please stand with me. Let us pray. Father in heaven, you are great and you are good. You are worthy of our praise and our adoration. Lord, we need you. We need you constantly. We're thankful that you're faithful that we're able to come to you even this morning with our sin, our burdens, our cares. We're cleansed in precious blood. Christ is the one who made himself an offering for the unjust. We might be justified in your sight and your presence, that we might have an alien righteousness. And Father, through our Savior, who opened that new and living way for us beyond the veil, we can even now come boldly to your throne of grace to find that grace and help in every time of our need. Lord, We pray that you would enable us then to cast our burdens upon the Lord, to cast our cares upon you, our anxieties upon you, knowing that you're the God who cares for us. Lord, enable us not to be anxious. Father, naturally, our desire is to worry about the things of life. It's very hard or difficult for us to just take them off and just place them upon you. But Lord, you're the one who told us to come. You're the one who promised rest And we need rest for our souls. And so then, Lord, enable us then by your spirit, by your grace, to obey the command here to rejoice in you, not to be anxious, to come to you by prayer and believing prayer, to experience your peace that surpasses even our understanding. And guard us, Lord. Protect us. Protect our hearts, our minds. 
because we're in Christ. So be with your covenant people. Continue to guide us and direct us in your most perfect will and purpose so that even this day we might rejoice in you, our God. May he receive all praise and honor and glory for it's in his precious name we pray and ask these things. Amen.